Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. I would like to report straight away that the new dog, Stephen, is working out great. My cats are making an adjustment, and my spooky mittens is quite a character. She's certified cute. We took her to the vet because we thought she had an ear infection when she was a brand new with us. And it turned out she just had stuff in her ears, build up of dirt or something. So the vet called in his assistant by saying, uh, I need you to come in here and clean the ears of this cute kitten. So she's certified, Spooky Mittens. What a, what a joy. And she gets along with the dog, so all the better. So you know how you sometimes throw yourself into your work. Now, I'll tell you in the third part of my week's adventures how that may be funny. Um, little peek, I was asked to introduce myself and everybody's saying their big long titles and I just say my name. Well, oops, I gave it away. So anyway... I adopted that from my Uncle Ron, my mother's brother. He would use that as his transition. And I kind of do that in honor of him. So it's a big week. I didn't realize until just now how much I packed into this week to, well, not only fill myself, but it was just what was required And to me, this is the essence of what I can do to uphold matters. I can attend. I can show up. Sometimes I speak. Sometimes I don't. But just participating and making things better makes someone feel so much better. It just seems like it is the thing that needs to be done. And in that vein... I have shifted away, at least for this episode, from the national scene. Maybe we'll get into some Brent Kavanaugh or a couple other things that are happening at the end. But this show is about local affairs and the things that go on and the things... Mainly I'm trying to highlight what joy you could have participating in this wide variety of civic matters, things that you can do, show up and make a difference, let your thoughts be known, even get your mind changed by a convincing argument or the realization that we're all just human beings. So the first event was a planning commission meeting 
And I usually like criminal justice in the regular city council meetings. And it's only of late that I've tried to attend the planning commission meetings. Uh, the chair, Jim Vos, he's a great guy. I've spoken about him before. And good work gets done. But the reason it's important, they, the city council kick back their medical marijuana ordinance so that they can expand and grow the business and just allow more licenses for the production of medical cannabis, the part that doesn't even get you high. It's just a really a pain. And there was some question I raised about, well, I praised, really, not raised, because they have, part of it is, and this drew questions from the commissioners, but... They're willing to allow multi-section leases where the person who has the business can let out space in their building for related matters. And, you know, the hemp is not covered under the ordinance because I guess hemp's not illegal. But you have to get it somewhere. You have to transport it. And what used to grow on it was at least low-grade weed, like the hemp farms. Uh, I talked about that where I grew up. In Indiana, you go down the toll road. There was acres and acres and seemed like miles of marijuana growing wild. But, you know, you always try and improve. And I there were so many things on the agenda. You try and check your work. And I was going to say some things and... I kind of changed stream in the middle, but I was talking about a laundry basket and how these plastic things break, and I wanted to get into how a laundry basket made out of hemp would almost last forever. They're indestructible, and you'd buy it once for three times the price of a plastic laundry basket, and in the meantime, you've probably broken a dozen of those plastic things. So there was so much business yet to get to, and that took so long of rereading this ordinance and the changes. And this is only to get the stamp of approval of the Planning Commission so that it can go back to the council and they can say they put it through that commission and they found it okay. It's very hard in this area to find... You know, you still get this religious opposition that marijuana is just bad and should be banned on the grounds totally, that it's just the worst corruptor and it's just fear. It's unfortunate. I don't want people to be so afraid of a life-giving, life-saving medicinal plant. It's, with all that's gone on, you know, the dams have broken and people have accepted that all the reasons to keep the money from the cartels and help people with real medicine get off opioids come on this is a great thing and it turned out I was right the meeting went very long and I needed to be somewhere else and it's hard to get around and I finally did make it to the NAACP meeting that happens to fall on the same night as the Planning Commission. 
I'm starting to catch on. And it was okay because they had got locked out of the church where they meet. And I managed to get over to the state police headquarters where the captain was kind enough, you know, he was at the meeting to let us use the facility. And it's so refreshing to be with a group of people that are trying to make a difference. And here you have the sheriff captain, who is in essence our chief of police, and the state troopers captain who controls the highways, and a bunch of concerned citizens, and all meeting to take the next step. And it's kind of good because it followed right into Tuesday when I've told you about the Justice Department. They have a agreement with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department about treating people better. There were fines and there's a whole history, but we're working, we're moving in the right direction. And it's kind of refreshing to be the night before with the sheriff's captain and then his whole department there the next night talking about how, you know, what the monitoring team from the community was put in place to make a report jointly on what the levels of compliance are and other than some data entry requirements that are clerical and there are you know, really, the problem is there's no staff to actually do this. But everybody agrees things are really getting better. Okay. So then comes Wednesday. And this is where I just had to say my name. It just seems gauche to say David Paul podcaster upholding matters. Uh, I don't like it when I see other people promote themselves and mostly in situations where they shouldn't. So, yeah. The... County Homeless Consortium, or it's a, you know, I have the paperwork right in front of me, and it's just, they've changed the name, and there's something about it that I don't know what to call it, because, now again, it's hard to convey, it. I'm, I'm guessing it sounds a little bit like there's disappointment in my tone, and there is because I just want people to do what they say and say what they do and mean what they say and say what they mean. And sometimes it gets a little long because the guy that's with the county that's heading up the new version of this, you know, and it's a room with 70 professional people who all run agencies sitting around trying to tackle this as a community. It's it's really a beautiful thing. But the head guy, he's talking about the goal and 
it used to be, which seemed a little out of line to end homelessness. And so he says, well, maybe we can reduce homelessness by 20%. And I didn't get to speak, but I would like to see that in the goals or stated as a goal. For instance, if you take the homeless count that they do once a year thoroughly and throughout the year updated, if you apply it uh, conservatively to 5,000 people in our spa, our service provider area, which this meeting covers, you would think that, okay, 20%, thousand people. And I would just like to see by what date these people who were homeless are no longer homeless. That means they're in some permanent housing. And you have to remember the money. 330 some million dollars a year. And the county gets this money for 10 years. So that's over a billion dollars. I think we could get a few people into housing. But somehow, mainly because I didn't get up and move, I was in the group that is going to be for strategy two, and it's develop and implement diversion training for all community-based organizations, elected officials, and enhance the system to identify households most at risk for homelessness and prioritize for prevention funding. So you see, there's, there's a lot there that's not defined what that even means, or it's kind of in some ways cart before the horse because, okay, we do this and then we'll, where's the funding come from? You know, I guess I can learn. I don't understand these things, but we'll see. It's, like I said, I hate to talk about this because it would go on all night. And I promise you that by the end of this all, I'll try and wrap it up to be something good, because it is. But I just want you to understand how silly some of this stuff is. For instance, the number two strategy item, number one, strategy two, number one, is to train the CES, this is the Coordinated Entry System Lead on Diversion and Prevention Techniques. So I don't know who that person is. And it's very difficult to train them on diversion and prevention when we have to fill out a form for funding that isn't there to do what. So I, I you know, I think this needs a little work. Part of the joy of it has to be being with the people that are actually trying to work. And there are dedicated people in this community that I respect and admire, and I don't ever want to tear down the efforts. But I do see areas where perhaps there can't be common ground because of all the things that 
keep agencies, rivalries alive and apart all through the time. I mean, public service or public monies, county, state, local, there are always rivalries and confusion, deliberate ambiguity. I just want to see some homeless people get into housing. And as far as goals go, there's no end date on any of this. In other words, my subcommittee made no plans or action for any follow-up or to present anything in the next meeting, which will be a month. So that'll be a time for further clarification, I guess. But it doesn't seem like there's, or the chance, I should say, for this commission and consortium, whatever we are, committee, to make progress. Now it's Thursday, and I have to set some of this up, and I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to insert some audio that, please forgive the poor capture, but it's of the meeting the next day of the Lancaster Homeless Commission that is made up of all the same people I saw just last night at the other homeless meeting and, you know, the service providers, the people that help actually help people in attendance in that meeting to follow up on what the heck's going on. So to set the stage, you will hear on the poor audio me being introduced. It's by Donna Tamir. She's the assistant to the field agent representative to our county supervisor, Catherine Barger. And she's also on the diversion subcommittee that, that I'm on. In the audience is a, another gentleman who's also on our committee. And so there's a lot of involvement. But you'll hear me talk about what Hector uh, Acosta, who spoke at the first meeting, he's the lieutenant of the Salvation Army, and know that he's the only guy that's actually housing homeless. He's helping people at the county facility that's way out on the outskirts of town. And without him, there would really be nothing. So thank you, Hector. And it's not in any way meant to be critical, but he led the innovation at the Wednesday night county commission meeting, and he talked about some history he had been reading about a man who rose up and freed his people. You know, he's talking about Moses, but he never says the Bible and he never says that, but he says he was able to conquer. So at today's meeting, he talks about a bunch of people building a tower and they all spoke the same language and God said united they can do anything. Well, that's in the story of the Tower of Babel, but we all know the true story or the extended story about how it didn't work out. And you'll hear that in the, in the tape, so I'm just setting that up. And you'll hear me in a talk real fast. I wanted to get in the part 
about just take the 20% and tell me when that portion will be in housing. But I left that off in the end just because I didn't want to hold up that meeting either, and it's a point that I'll get to make at some other time. But enjoy the talk. Commissioners, good morning. It's such a pleasure to be here. I was at the meeting yesterday, and I'm on the diversion subcommittee for the uh, coalition, and I appreciate that. You know, I always get up here, and I, I, I try and um, put things out that, that make us think, but I don't want to offend anybody. I, I, I never want to do that. Um, you know, Eugene McCarthy was a senator and a presidential candidate, and he said the only thing that saves us from the bureaucracy is its inefficiency. But that, if you're on the other end, for me, I have to pay all these taxes, and that's what that relates to it. If you're on the other end of the spectrum, that's not really true because it puts you in a bad position. Um, Hector, I appreciate your story too, you know, but in the end of the story is that God punished them and he's dispersed them throughout the earth and changed all the languages and that's the thing. So they were getting too uppity. But see, this is the universal struggle. It's it's good versus evil, evil. it's order versus chaos. This always exists. And our job, which I want us all to remember, is to manage the chaos so we can have order. But you can't have order constantly because if order or pleasure remains, does it remain a pleasure? So that's the purpose of life. That's the purpose of adolescence, to break out of our old ways and into a new way. And, and life is growth. And we're doing great things. And I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I heard the campground thing. That's a great thing. I mean, that's, you know, my ears perk up when I hear this. You said that if they if we build it, they will come. We have to build it so they can come. So that's, you know, what I always want to focus on. But but I appreciate everything we're doing, and we're, we're going to get it, and I'm going to lend whatever experience I have to help with the diversion. And um, I, I appreciate you all. Uh, you know, I, I'm just grateful, and I want to help. Thank you. Got Brett Kavanaugh, and we'll get to him and Rob Rosenstein next week. Stay tuned.